0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unleashed with Eva. I thank you for browsing my channel. I see that you guys have been interacting and sharing a lot of my videos, and I want to say thank you for that. So if you're watching right now, your first time to my channel, there's a red subscribe button right below this video. Please go ahead and um, click subscribe so that every time we release a new video that it comes right to your email. Share this uh, clip with a friend. But today. I am interviewing somebody that holds so many different spaces in my life and wears a lot of hats in the world. If I had three words to describe her, it would be nurturing, bold, and funny. And I know it's hard to get all of these people, it seems, into into bold, nurturing, and funny, but that is who Azzy Taylor is. Azzy, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could come, but I want to tell everybody, Azzy is my sister. She's my spiritual sister, but first, she's my biological sister. Um, She's my shiro, and she's older than me. Uh, We have probably about five years in between us, so she's always been that. I cannot ever see her as anything other than my big sister, but as time goes on, you realize that sometimes you have people in your life that are incredible if you just stand back and look at it. And so to everybody else, they you may see that incredibleness, but as the closer you are to people, sometimes we can forget how great you really are. And a lot of times I sit back and I thank God for who my siblings are, who my parents are, but especially who my sister is. So I just wanna say that before we get started. But Azzy, I want you to go ahead and tell my listeners who you are in your own words. Again,
1: my name is Azzy Taylor. Um, I am 44 years old, proud to say that right now before I get too old. Um, I am a mother of two beautiful young girls, 13 and 11. Um, I grew up uh, with a total of six siblings. so there were seven of us, um, three boys older than I was, and I had two brothers and a of course, Eva. Um, my sister, and so I grew up in the middle. Um, I am a, a Christian believer. I am a prosecutor. I've worked um, at the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office. I've worked as the um, the Chief of Criminal Trials at the Attorney General's Office here in Alabama. And now I am back at the District Attorney's Office as the Chief uh, Deputy District Attorney. Um, and like uh, my sister said, uh, I love to laugh, so that's um. Uh, if you had to say anything, what were my hobbies would be on my downtime? Anything that makes me laugh, that 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 keeps uh that balances life for me.
0: So today we're really going to talk about purpose. This is uh my podcast that's dedicated to spirituality, and so Azzy, the first question I have for you is: When you hear these words, Azzy, was created with purpose in mind. What do these words mean to you?
1: I feel that my purpose um, really when it boils down to it is pouring into people, Um, investing in people, pouring into people, uh, standing up for those who can't speak for themselves. Um, I I abhor anything that is dishonest. So justice is kind of the theme of my purpose.
0: And so, you know, a lot of times we have purpose, our purpose, and it's expressed in different roles and different ways in our life. Can you talk about a little bit about how your purpose expresses itself, even across different domains?
1: Yes, um, you know, a lot of people associate their purpose with their job, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, It's a bonus to be able to, uh, to live out your purpose through your job, but... You know, I find that people I come in contact with on a daily basis, uh, I have probably influenced um, in a spiritual way that I would have never imagined. And you find that out later on when they reach out to you. Um, At my job, most people would say trying cases and working with the victims in the cases, uh, you know, that's dead on for the goal of of what I do and, and targeted toward my purpose. But I found that pouring into my coworkers over the years, other females um, who end up in my office, males as well, but more females, especially black females in my office. And um, the majority of the advice I give has nothing to do with career. It's really with their personal lives and really uh, trying to touch their spiritual lives. So I try to live and carry myself in a way Um, that if someone needs guidance, they do come to me. And and I find that I don't have to just volunteer um, information. I don't have to get in people's business. Um, God has it set up where people come to me and not only at work, but in any uh, setting that I find myself in. And so I know that that's not me. Um, I know that's all God doing that.
0: Awesome. Beautiful. And so I have a chapter in my book where I talk about God giving us breadcrumbs throughout our life that kind of lead us to our purpose because many times I find that it's coming us coming home to ourself when we really start learning more about our purpose versus the things that have been layered on us that people may say that we need, we may need this or that. Um, but I find that God gives us our passions, our gifts, a lot of that which you've talked about and also our life experiences help guide us to our purpose. And I want you to take a moment to think about some of your breadcrumbs specifically for ASI that have helped you really define or get on, on your path towards your purpose, even though that's something that's always unfolded. What are some of the things that have happened in your life from being childhood ASSEE, high school ASI, college ASSEE, law school ASI to where ASI is today?
1: Well, and the key word that you use, I think, is unfolded. I've been one of those people that I didn't come out the womb knowing I wanted to be an attorney or knowing that I wanted to be a prosecutor. Um, But I look back at some of the gifts I have been given, like uh, the ability to be a great speaker. Um, Looking back now, um, I remember when I was in kindergarten and I was given a speech to say for a program, can't remember what the program was about. And I learned it in one night and came back and recited for my kindergarten teacher. Well, our, our aunt, Aunt Gracie, who was also a teacher at that school, said, well, if she can learn that in one night, we're going to give her something else. And so I took that as a challenge. It was a longer poem that I had to learn. And, and um, I was able to recite that poem, um, learn it in one night. I just kind of, I would be able to memorize it. Um, That Yes, older I get, the harder that's become. Um, I also, uh, my senior year in high school, the first time I ever even considered uh, the career choice, um, I was in high school. uh, My classmates, um, several of them were not going to graduate because they had failed uh, one of the English teacher's uh, final exams, and I didn't have that teacher, uh, but I knew she was tough. And um, when I say a lot of, I think that entire, almost an entire different classes that she taught or seniors uh, were gonna fail and would not be able to graduate. So I went to the principal at the time, Mr. Jefferson and uh, asked him to just give him an opportunity to retake that exam. And he said, you know, there's, we can't do that. The, the, The rules don't allow for that. And I was like, well, where are the rules? And he said, well, it's just, you know, what we've always done, your exam grade is your exam grade. And I said, well, it's not in black and white. And so you kind of get to make that choice. And so he decided to let them retake the exam. um, And most of them were able to pass that exam and graduate. So at that time, I figured if I can influence him to do something that is out of the norm, um, maybe law school might be a choice for me. And so that was the first time I really um, uh, thought, well, maybe I can do this, speaking up for other people, maybe I can do this. Um, There was a time, you know, I I started out the district attorney's office as a uh, part time secretary. I was there as a victim service officer. And I went to law school during that time. And um, the funniest story about me going to law school was that um, I was working third shift and I submitted my law school application to the uh, Jones School of Law, which was in Montgomery, Alabama, where I was working at the time. And uh, I didn't complete the entire application process. Um, you know, you take the LSAT, but then you have to pay for a subscription to, for it to be sent out, your scores to be sent out to the law school. And I just didn't do that. So I get off third shift, laying in the bed asleep, just falling asleep, I get a call from the dean and he said, well, if you're going to start next week, we're going to accept you on a probationary um, basis until you can get that done. We'll go ahead and step so you can get started. So I had gotten accepted, uh, really wasn't ready to go to law school at all, um, didn't complete the process, but God made that possible. And so there I went uh, off to law school the very next week um so you know God wanted me in law school <laughs> um and and there are a number of things that you know it's easy now for me to think back um after especially after reading your book Bread Comes to Purpose um that helped make me make the decision to go back to the district attorney's office to work uh where most people probably would think that would be going backwards uh, but there's no going backwards when God tells you something to do so um but those are some of the the tidbits and the breadcrumbs that were kind of dropped along the way.
0: I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. I had never heard you talk about um, your experience in talking to the principal for those students. That's the first time I've heard that story. And it, you know, I hear the word advocate. I see, I see the word advocate when I hear you doing that, but talk a little bit about how the role sometimes that you take as a district, I mean, as a prosecutor or a victim service officer, how does that tie to advocacy?
1: Well, uh, when I was a victim service officer, I worked with victims of domestic violence. Um, I worked with the family members of homicide victims. Um, and so a lot of times uh, the prosecutor may be disconnected from what the family is actually going through because they're so tied to being ready for trial and being prepared for trial. So it was my job to make sure that they understood what they were about to go go through, because um, um, the criminal justice system can be tricky. Um, if you've never had any experience uh, in, in that manner in the law, you know, it's, you have to explain to them what a grand jury is and what the uh, standard um, that's, gonna, that's how it differs from grand jury. And so I was in law school at the same time, and so I was able to observe in court, you know, what attorneys did, what they shouldn't do. Um, But a lot of times I was able to um, get through to the attorney why a certain victim may feel this way or why they may need to pay attention. But on the other hand, if I had a excellent prosecutor who uh, could deliver the results and had a great heart and the family members were not understanding uh, why we were going this route, I was able to connect with them and make that plain. And even as being a prosecutor, um, I'm speaking up for those who have been victimized. But at the same time, um, because of um, a prosecutor's job is just not to uh, get basically get get a conviction, I have to look out for defendants to make sure they're not being um, they're being represented adequately and they're not being overlooked and their rights are being met. Um, and so you kind of have to look at it from every aspect, um, being a prosecutor.
0: Awesome. So when you were talking, I kept thinking, it's funny as you're talking, I heard, you heard the word advocate. And then as you were talking now, I started thinking about, uh, Esther in the Bible, how she was in a position to be an advocate, you know, and how God can position different people, you know, in different positions and roles to be an advocate and often bring a voice that's often not thought of or the voice from somebody who's typically pushed to the sidebar or pushed to the margins um, to the side of the road may not their voice may not be heard as much but then an advocate who's almost in the middle translating Mm -hmm. but also using their positional advantage to be an advocate for somebody so I thought about Esther so maybe you know you're going to talk about Esther soon somewhere so but I just thought about that while you were talking and so what we want to do now, I want to take a break and we're going to show the trailer for my book breadcrumbs, the purpose that you have already mentioned, and I loved hearing how reading that helped you kind of think about your breadcrumbs along the way. So everybody tune in to this quick uh, commercial break and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the trailer for my book. You can find the book on Amazon, but today I want to remind you that we are interviewing my very own sister, uh, Azzy Taylor. Azzy, welcome back. Remind everybody who may have just tuned in who you are again.
1: Again, I'm Azzy Taylor. I um, have two daughters. I'm a prosecutor, a uh, lifetime prosecutor. Um, And so I'm just happy to be here and glad to be back.
0: Okay. So now I want to shift to this conversation that I love to just hear from people who are in different walks of life. You know, a lot of times we talk about purpose, people typically, or, or calling or passions, people typically think about clergy. But I really love interviewing everyday people who have really tapped into their purpose and who I know has a strong spiritual foundation and that they take their spirituality with them into every domain that they go in um, in a healthy way. And so this segment for you, I want entitle, to entitle it The Well the well, really talking about God being our source and our thing connected to the well, where we go back to to be nourished and renewed. And so what I want to talk about and just ask you, you know, in your own way, how do you maintain your connection to God, our source, our well of all? So
1: because of our upbringing, um, it's kind of hard to be. I mean, if, if you know me and we are in a conversation, you're going to know really quickly, uh, where my help comes from and that's and that's from God. And so um, it is a way of life for me. Um, you know, now we're not in the church like uh, we used to be in the actual building. Um, and so you have to find a way to uh, stay connected. I didn't want to be one of those people that every time something was wrong, I'm closer to the Lord. Um, and then when things are going great, you know, I don't need your Lord as much. Um, so there for me, you know, having daughters helped me a lot because, you know, I have books that we read together and the Bible that we may do, uh, study. And I have, uh, one of them that's very curious and will ask deep questions that sometimes I might have to go and research. Um, music is very big for me. Um, I feel God's presence uh, like no other on some songs, um, but I do knowing what I have to face in my job. I know I can't do that alone. I know that that's, uh, I have to have God with me um, or I'll, be, I'll run with my tail tuck, running back to the house every day, probably in tears if I didn't, um, but it's a way of life for me. Uh, is it's not something, I think I read something the other day, said um, uh, as it was written from God, uh, don't forget what you're seeing, forget what I have told you. Um, so I am constantly um, reading, constantly uh, looking at sermons online, constantly just kind of pouring into myself um, so I can continue to do what God has for me to do.
0: I love hearing that. I love hearing that um, knowing, you know, a lot of times you can grow up a certain way and you kind of go in another direction from it, but it has been like, that's something you can't really do over. You can't really replace the spiritual foundation that we got from our parents. That's something that you just, you, you know, I just don't even know how people live and operate without having that. And I know that we can come along and we can grow and that God makes himself known to us where we are based on our current perspective and our current position, but I cannot imagine my life and some of the things I've been through right? if I would have made it through without my spiritual foundation. And, and I'm not just saying that cause I'm a pastor. Like yeah. I've, I, you know, even my corporate job, like there's some situations yeah. where I literally have to have faith and know and believe that I can do this because God said I can. You know, and I wasn't placed in this position, this job role just to be here to diminish myself and say I can't do this so this thought that I can do anything that God desires for me to do that's in the will of God and associated with my purpose is something I strongly stand on and I know that it comes from my childhood
1: right and and you know you can take that for granted but you know I've I've been times where I've been riding and and nobody else in the car with me you wonder how did you get so blessed to have the parents the lineage that you had you know the grandparents who were God-fearing people and how prevalent that carries over generations and generations to come. And if I were not, had not had God's word reported to me, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable when I leave this world that my my girls and my uh, grandkids and great-grandkids. So it, it is definitely uh, a blessing, I think, and I, I do think it's favor. And I, I, I really don't take that for granted at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So another question I have for you, um, I always notice that and you said it earlier, a lot of times that you um, mentor women or guide women and um, from the wisdom that God is placing you, because a lot of times I know you give wisdom to people that you may not have been in that situation before. So sometimes there's that experiential wisdom and then sometimes that's just that wisdom that comes from God. And um, I believe a lot of times that you carry a wisdom and I know that I've talked to you in some of my most crucial moments in life, job, career, former marriage, whatnot, um, hopes and dreams and that wisdom that you've gotten. But I've also seen you really be that type of woman that root for other women. And whenever you find a space where other women are coming to another woman or, or, or kind of drawn into the space, almost like a moth to the to a flame in a healthy way, you do realize and I do realize that that woman has to be somebody that is actually putting out good because that's what's making them come in their direction. And so I believe right. that. And so our new Vice President Kamala Harris had a quote that her mother gave her and said that told her, you know what, you may be the first to do a lot of things but don't make make sure that you're not the last one. You may be the first to do a lot of things, but make sure that you are not the last one to do them. When you hear that in the context of your own life as Azzy Taylor, the mother, the prosecutor, the public speaker, what do you think of?
1: I am nothing if my uh, the people that work under me can't go on to do bigger and better things. I'm nothing if my girls do not know the word of God and I haven't poured the same wisdom, the same confidence in them uh, to, to get through life. Um, I just feel that that is my calling is to, you know, my gifts were not given to me just for me to pour and for me to compete with other people. But I, I was uh, studying yesterday, um, you know, Valuing relationships. And when I mean relationships, that's with a spouse, coworker, you know, family members or whatever. And why uh, should we value relationships? Number one, you know, you're supposed to love God first. And then he also says, you know, love them like they're your neighbor. So God values relationship. And if you are um, if God values relationship that much. Um, then you need to live your life in a way where you can pour or be that light for other people. Um, If uh, you're gonna be a light for other people, there are certain attributes you have to carry uh, with you. Uh, There are certain moral standards that you have to have because nobody's gonna come to somebody uh, that's negative. Uh, They're not gonna come to somebody who is uh, derogatory or putting them down. So I believe part of my calling uh, and, and I've done it with numerous uh, female attorneys, uh, personnel in the courthouse, uh, janitors that come into my office. Um, and this has been uh, way prior prior for me being an attorney. And um, you just have to motivate people and encourage people. Life is difficult for all of us. and you if you can make give that person a reason to go on, or to keep pushing or to keep climbing and striving. Um, My question is, why not? Why wouldn't you do it? I I read something the other day. It was like, I'm not going to compete with you because I want all of us to win. And if I'm going to be a first at anything, like our vice president said, um, and if I'm the last, I fail. I hadn't poured back in anybody behind me to to get them there. If if I am the last, uh, I have failed. And so that's kind of what the way I, I view it. Um, so how I carry myself, open the doors for other people behind me, but we got to do more and just let that door open. We got to prepare them for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That That is very beautiful. One of the things that I noticed, and it ties into what we just talked about, when you were sworn in this last go around for, um, is it Chief Deputy District Attorney? Is that the role you're yeah. tree now? Yeah. Um, you were sworn in, your daughter's. My nieces held the Bible, but then there were girls who were there from the community, um, young ladies who were there from the community that stood with you and, and your daughters <laughs> uh, when you were sworn in. That stood out to me so much as a uh, female, Black female, that stood out to me so much because I wasn't expecting it and so to see it. But I want you to talk about why that was so important for you to have those those young ladies stand with you.
1: You know, at home, I'm mama, and my daughters didn't really get the real, um, understand what I do and the importance of what I do because I'm just mama. I'm the one that cook the meals and get the trash out or whatever that needs to be done. And that's what they see. Uh, other girls like them in the community. Um, same thing with their parents. Some of those little girls that were with me, parents are engineers some of those uh, little girls that with with me, parents are, are doctors, and, um, and I think actually one was an attorney. And so we have professional positions and jobs we want our kids to work toward, but we never uh, stop to show them. Because when they're in their school, they're, they're just seeing the teacher, and that's awesome. We want you to see the teacher, but if we're gonna be pushing you uh, to go, for instance, to medical school, and you've never seen a doctor at work or... St- so I think it's really important that we begin to observe, begin to show. Cause you know, we can talk all day long, you know, you gotta walk the wall. So we need to begin to show and we as a society I think are are failing our kids um, in that way. So I wanted those little girls to see that uh, what was happening was something monumental. Um, wanted them to know that I'm no different from them. They're no different from those two little daughters that I have that were standing there. I'm just their mama who takes out the trash. They're no different. Um, So what I'm doing is nothing uh, that you can't do. And in that audience were uh, the fire chief. Uh, In that audience was the attorney general. In that audience was the um, uh, liaison for the state of Alabama dealing with law enforcement, many police officers, judges, uh, they are people just like you and I. And I think that's where we are missing the boat. Prior to the pandemic, I was supposed to start uh, a public speaking class for uh, the church that my daughters go to the after school program and the summer program for, but, you know, it ended up getting canceled. And and, and that was one, one of my goals is just to pour back, especially into our girls, because we lack the confidence. You know, we see TV basically glorifying what I think sometimes are the wrong things. Um, And so our girls begin to have low self-esteem because they're constantly comparing themselves to something that's on television or something that's in a music video or on social media. And we have to change that if we're gonna change how they view themselves and what they're able to do and accomplish in life.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why that's so important. Like the young lady who read the poem, her wrote a poem yes. and read the yes. poem at the presidential inauguration, to me, that was just monumental. And, yes. you know, I was thinking, and the first person I thought about were your girls. Like, I hope they saw this outside of Kamala Harris, right. that there was right. somebody else here in a position um where their voice was heard and of course we saw michelle but this young lady because of her age it just made me like i feel like my nieces could identify with her
1: and and what i love about it is she was her she didn't put on any airs she didn't get the the you know i have no problem with extensions or anything like that but she wore her hair her natural style because i've seen photos before um, I think they said Oprah had offered to buy her a coat, but she had already bought the long yellow coat. So mm-hmm. Oprah gave her earrings yes. uh, instead, and she but she was herself and she was genuine, which what, what America is missing in some of our leaders and role models today, she was genuine. Um, and she just came across to me uh, seeing that because I didn't know that was coming uh, was almost more monumental to me than seeing a uh, black female president yeah yeah vice president that, yes. That, yes people can the kids can relate yeah i could relate
0: yes yes i could too i could too and i, I love seeing her hair i love yeah. that she was you know i just i just love i loved everything about her and her speech yes. her cadence it all just oh i could have jumped through the tv right yep <laughs> Be you. Be you. Be, be authentically you. And, and you can yeah. do that and still be in purpose and on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so as we get ready to go, I wanted to see if you had any parting words. They can be how what you want people to know about you, or they can be just some words of encouragement to the many women who are going to watch this, this segment.
1: Um, I, I do want to encourage those who Um, at some point in all of our lives, we're going to go through rough periods. And uh, when we almost want to give up. And what I want to impart is just trust God, we want to see that entire staircase and where it leads. But really, you got to take one step at a time. And so you got to continue to push yourself. And so I just want to encourage people that get down because I've been in those situations um, to continue to trust God and lean on God, God will send uh, a lot of times, somebody uh, along the way that will uh, encourage you. And you know, I love that poem by Langston Hughes, "Mother to mm-hmm. Son," and um, it's like, don't you sit down on those crystal stairs? We we can't afford to. Our ancestors have done way too much. You know, over four hundred years of oppression for us to get to this point where we've had it so so easy in comparison to what, because I wouldn't have made it on a cotton field, I'll tell you that now, but so easy in comparison to, <laughs> the, to what we have now. Yes, we have we have uh, obstacles against us, um, so we can't sit down because when you sit down, that person that was supposed to see you like my 13-year-old and my 11-year-old that need to see their aunt who's doing so well if you had given up, they would never see that. And so your life is not about you. Uh, What you do in life is not about you. You are a light on a hill and you need to let that light shine for others. And if you give up, you know, that's not gonna happen. So um, I just, it's it's encouragement. And I think, you know, people are hurting all over the world. People are dying. Um, There's so much going on. And so just uh, keep moving and, and keep your focus on on oh, God, stay connected to, to that source.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Stay connected to the well. And as you, before you even said it, a lot of times, you know, we can take breaks, breaks, but we can't quit. We can take right. breaks, we can sit right. down, we can take a deep right. breath, and we right. can tend to our needs, but we don't we don't get to quit. And and we, yeah, haven't, I told my we girlfriend, haven't earned we haven't earned the right to quit. Let me put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: I told my girlfriend this week, I said, look, it's all right to cry, cry, get it out. You're gonna feel sorry for yourself for a little bit but you're gonna have to get up because if you don't get up the alternative is you dead okay so you're gonna have to get up and keep it moving and um and um if you're gonna (laughs) keep the same lifestyle you got and be alive you you know you might as well do it in strength
0: yes yes don't pitch a tent and stay there yeah exactly and stay there and I think that's encourage the women who are listening, you know, when you have your moments, you know, make sure that you find safe spaces to share your moments and you move through those moments, but you don't get to pitch a tent and stay there because you have not earned that right. And I know some mental health therapists are probably listening. Like, what is she saying? No, at some point you got to move through it, move through it and, and move forward because God has given you everything you need to move forward. It may not look like how you want it to look, but he's giving you everything you need to move forward and I um hopefully you guys have gotten a chance to see you know my sister in the way that I see her um and she's so much more than I see and so that's why I want to take a moment to highlight her on today if you're interested in being a guest on my podcast just go to evamelton.com look me up send me a message and we'll we'll, we'll get in contact with you but Asie, thank you so much I mean, I could ask you questions all day, but I'm not gonna do that to you. But hopefully after you see this, you'll say, well, I'll come back. Um, but yeah, you are like a jewel. And I'm just so glad, you know, number one, I'm glad for my nieces. But I'm just so glad that you're in my family and the other women in our family have such access to you. So grateful for you. Thank you so much. Um, you're welcome back anytime. And I know that Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has in store for your life. And, I, and I'm and i just so happy I get to be so up close and you. But
1: well, thank you for inviting me and I love you and look up to you in so many ways as well.